The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Although you might not know this, age-related disease and health decline can start in our 60s, our 50s, our 40s, even our 30s. What you don't know can harm you. But with the right knowledge about your health and your body, these age-related issues can be prevented or even reversed. You'll get that knowledge today on Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. Dr. Bogard and her guests will answer your questions about your health. We want you to age gracefully. Now, here is Dr. Denise Bogard. Good morning. This morning, we're going to talk about diabetes. I want to emphasize to start with that diabetes is a reversible disease for the most part. Diabetes is the seventh leading death, cause of death among Americans, and the incidence is on the rise in our country. Diabetes is becoming a modern silent epidemic. Over 10 million Americans have been diagnosed with some form of diabetes, while another 5 million are considered diabetic without their knowledge. What makes this information so tragic is the fact that most of these individuals may have been able to prevent the onset of the disease with proper awareness, diet, and exercise. The modern Western diet and lifestyle has done much to lead our generation to the threshold of insulin resistance, and with it, the collection of symptoms known as Syndrome X. We will talk about poor glycemic control and preventable disease, type 2, which all result in insulin resistance. So diabetes, diabetes mellitus, as it is called, is a metabolic disorder characterized by an elevation in fasting blood sugar. That's your glucose. The cause of the elevated blood glucose may be too little or too much insulin, but the complications of a chronically high serum glucose is devastating to the individual. Complications of uncontrolled blood sugar include increased risk of heart disease, stroke, kidney disease, blindness, and loss of nerve function. Regulating blood sugar for diabetics is crucial to both the immediate as well as the long-term care of diabetic patients. 
So let's talk a little bit about the different types of diabetes. First of all, there's type 1 diabetes, and this is called the insulin-dependent diabetes. This form of diabetes is characterized by the destruction of the pancreatic beta cells that manufacture insulin. Typically, this form is diagnosed while the patient is a child or an adolescent and requires insulin for the management of blood sugar. Many theories have attempted to account for the damage of these important insulin-producing cells, including autoimmune processes, chemical damage, viral infection, and certain genetic predisposition. Whatever the cause, the result is very low or no insulin. The protein that is the mediator of glucose transport into our cells. This low insulin level leads to elevated levels of blood of glucose in the blood, which then results in numerous complications. Of the more than 15 million Americans that have been diagnosed with diabetes, only about 10% are considered to have type 1 diabetes. So almost 90% of diabetics are considered to have non-insulin-dependent diabetes mellitus or type 2 diabetes. While it is characterized by high glucose levels, type 2 diabetes diabetics often have high rather than low levels of serum insulin. Type 2 diabetics are typically insulin resistant rather than insulin de depleted. As the cells are constantly exposed to high levels of insulin, they develop resistance to it. The body becomes immune to the effects of insulin, the blood sugar rises, and the pancreas compensates by releasing more insulin, thus increasing the resistance further. As you can see, this becomes a vicious cycle, and the person develops something called Syndrome X. Syndrome X is a form of type 2 diabetes that uses the criteria abdominal ob obesity, elevated triglycerides, low HDL cholesterol, high blood pressure, and high normal blood sugar. Many people also know this as metabolic syndrome. Insulin resistance increases your risk for several chronic diseases, such as heart disease, obesity, cancer, and kidney disease. This syndrome and the subsequent diabetic condition that follows are definitely preventable. Through an awareness of the various risk factors, proper diet, and exercise, type 2 diabetes could be altered from a national epidemic 
to a manageable but minor disease. History tells us, unfortunately, that the Western diet and lifestyle have a tenacious hold on the American culture. And this trend towards obesity, insulin resistance, and diabetes is unlikely to disappear anytime soon. As I mentioned in my first week talk, each decade the incidence of obesity and consequently diabetes rises steadily. If you look at a map of the United States and look at each decade, the incidence of, of obesity and diabetes has completely, it, it just fills the map and has become so much more of a problem. Syndrome X is the name given again to a collection of metabolic conditions highlighted by insulin resistance, but it also includes obesity, especially around the abdomen, high cholesterol, low HDL cholesterol, high triglycerides, and hypertension. These symptoms are often termed pre-diabetic syndrome. Again, insulin resistance is one of the key features and dangers of this syndrome. Insulin resistance is a condition where the pancreas is able to make more than enough insulin, but the cells outside the pancreas, so the cells in the whole body, have become resistant to the insulin effect. This increases blood sugar as well as stimulating insulin-induced metabolic functions. What, this, what happens is you actually convert your carbohydrates to fat and that increases your likelihood of becoming obese. The constant intake of refined carbohydrates leading to dramatic spikes in blood glucose, followed by dramatic spikes in insulin secretion, is the primary cause of insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. It's for this reason that diet is probably the most important aspect to the treatment and prevention of type 2 diabetes and its precursor, Syndrome X. Hyperglycemia, and that's high blood glucose, causes complications in patients with diabetes, whether it's type 1 or type 2. While some of the complications can be of an acute nature, and this would be things like ketoacidosis, so due to a low insulin or hypoglycemic shock, due to insulin overdose. Most of these complications, but most of the complications are a result of years of unregulated and high serum glucose. These complications include heart disease, retinopathy, that is a disease in your eye, in the retina, nephropathy, so kidney resulting in renal failure, 
neuropathy, so damage to your nerves, especially in your hands and your feet, foot and leg ulcers due to poor circulation and nerve damage, impotence, and the inhibition of many important metabolic enzymes. Most of these complications are due to hyperglycemic induced reactive oxygen species that cause glucose induced activation of certain proteins that increase something called our they're called age we we refer to them as age but they're advanced glycation end products and uh, increased blood sugar fluctuation. The way I describe this to my patients is um, it's a phenomena of essentially sticky buns. You know what sticky buns are and picture your cells as the buns and your the fluid in between the cells as the syrup in between. So as your blood sugar goes up, it essentially makes your cells stick to each other rather than being nice and and fluid and moving along easily. Part of aging is your cells get harder and stickier um, and essentially rust. And if you can prevent all those, you prevent the problems of aging. These vascular complications are cumulative, but they're also preventive. So maintaining a proper glucose blood glucose is is vital to preventing these complications. Additionally, I'm going to talk about a number of natural ingredients that can produce, that can prevent and even reverse the progress towards these devastating complications. I also want to talk about something called type 3 diabetes. This has also been described. It's essentially diabetes of the brain. People whose diet encourage poor control of blood sugar have been found to experience a particularly high incidence of Alzheimer's disease. The conclusion is that all these desserts and refined white starch foods over many years create an imbalance in the brain metabolism that is linked to Alzheimer's. Intervention in the form of a diet low in sugars and refined starches improves brain function in Alzheimer's. I'll talk a little bit right now about lifestyle as far as eating. Um, What I've tried to emphasize to my patients is to read labels. Um, Certainly what, what, what what we are exposed to is a high level of carbohydrates in our Western diet. And as we consume the extra level of carbohydrates, um, 
this tends to raise our blood sugar. Essentially, carbohydrates uh, convert straight to glucose. And as the glucose rises, um, this elevates your blood sugar. Interestingly, um, I had a patient come for a blood draw a couple days ago, and she had a bottle of orange juice. And we looked on the label, and this particular bottle of orange juice had 38 grams of carbohydrates. When you're trying to lose weight and balance in your carbohydrates, we usually recommend about 40 grams of carbohydrates a day, somewhere depending on your weight between 100 and 110 grams of protein and about 30 to 40 grams of fat. As you can see, if you drink one glass, one bottle of orange juice, you've consumed all of your carbohydrates for the day in that one uh, bottle of orange juice. So it's important to read labels and to um, figure out how, how, what the balance of protein, carbohydrate, and fat are in each food that you consume. Uh, especially processed foods, if you read the label, are usually quite high in carbohydrates. Um, certainly sodas, if you look at those, they're very, very high in carbohydrates. <clears throat> Again, all of these raise your blood sugar. When we come back, I'll talk a little bit about medications. Um, there are a number of medications that we use to treat diabetes, and I'm not opposed to medications. In fact, uh, many of my patients are on medications. Um, we'll talk a little bit about metformin. It has some properties of healthy aging and certainly has some benefits. However, there are side effects to it. And um, so, um, and so when we get back, we'll talk about um, various medications and also supplements. Thank you. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. 
It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. This morning, we're talking about diabetes And as I emphasized in the first segment of our show, the diabetes, type 2 diabetes, is certainly a reversible disease. I also broke it down into type 1, which is insulin-dependent diabetes, and type 2 diabetes, as well as something called type 3 diabetes, which is thought to... um, contribute to the high incidence of Alzheimer's and that is as your blood sugar is consistently high um, certainly damage to the brain occurs and uh, increases the risk of Alzheimer's so as I mentioned there are a number of medications to treat type 2 diabetes I am not going to focus on medications today. Um, I will mention um, one medication briefly, but what I emphasize to my patients is when I put you on a medication, if you don't change your diet, you don't increase your activity, you're just putting a Band-Aid on the disease and you're not going to prevent the complications and the long-term effects of diabetes. So generally metformin is the first medication prescribed for type 2 diabetes and it works by improving the sensitivity of your body tissues to insulin so that your body uses insulin more effective, effectively. And as I mentioned, there are some benefits uh, from a healthy aging standpoint. However, again, there are side effects and most of the patients that have problems with metformin experience gastrointestinal symptoms such as nausea and diarrhea. There's also a more severe side effect called um, uh, acidosis, which your body goes into a state where uh, it becomes very acidic and that's much more difficult to treat. Again, I want to emphasize how much diet pertains to preventing and treating type 2 diabetes. Since diabetes is a metabolic disorder, food can either be considered a poison or it can be considered a therapy depending on its content. Not only can food lead to obesity, but food 
is the primary foundation for blood sugar control, what we call glycemic control or glycemic balance. The steady balance or glycemic control is the key to treating syndrome X and type 2 diabetes. Avoiding foods that destabilize glycemic balance and eating foods that promote glycemic balance is the key to a healthy diet for everyone, but especially those with insulin resistance. There are general guidelines that will be covered when we go deeper into nutrition in a further episode. But some of the guidelines to start with are to understand that glycemic index and total carbohydrates differ dramatically. To give you an example, um, sweet potatoes have a low glycemic index. However, when you look at the level of carbohydrates, a small helping of sweet potatoes has 18 grams of carbohydrates. So you can see if you're trying to limit your carbohydrates to somewhere between 40 and 50, you've already consumed a third of your carbohydrates with one helping of sweet potatoes. Avoid most processed foods regardless of their protein carbohydrate ratio. Avoid trans fatty acids and increase your omega-3s and your GLA. Increase your dietary fiber. Avoid or test commonly allergenic foods such as dairy and gluten. In my practice, we do food allergy testing. And again, I want to emphasize this is not like the regular allergy testing that you get when you go to an allergist. They're measuring a part of the immune system called IgE, where you get a rash and and uh, wheezing and an allergic reaction. This this is an IgG reaction, which is another part of the immune system. And many times you'll see more nonspecific reactions, such as sometimes you get GI disturbances, either uh, heartburn, diarrhea constipation, gas, bloating, you'll see increase in migraines, you'll see fatigue, um, various um, uh, symptoms. Also, we look and test for uh, food allergies or food sensitivities in my practice. Also, avoid refined sugars in all of its forms. Avoid alcohol. I instruct my patients and basically show them the level of alcohol that that is uh, considered safe in healthy aging. And women are much more susceptible to alcohol than men are. So recommendations for women are uh, four ounces, four to five times a week. For men, six ounces, four to five times a week. And I recommend to my patients, if they can't limit it to that, it's best to actually cut alcohol out. Alcohol converts to sugar. And so again, you're raising your blood sugar, which has a number of systemic effects. 
Avoid artificial sweeteners like aspartame, try stevia, or xylitol instead. Drink plenty of water. And don't, again, don't assume anything. Read the label. Figure out how many carbohydrates, how many fats, how many proteins are in each helping or each serving of what you're eating. Other lifestyle factors are also important to those with diabetes or syndrome X, especially exercise and stress management are essential. Physical activity and regular exercise not only has the direct impact on blood sugar and insulin sensitivity, but affects other risk factors such as obesity, triglycerides, and hypertension. In a recent study, exercise had significant improvement on the vascular function of type 2 diabetes. It should be noted that patients taking medications to reduce blood sugar or insulin should be monitored during exercise to prevent hypoglycemia. Typically, hypoglycemic medication is required during physical activity. If a person is not physically active, a slow progression into an exercise program with consistent monitoring of blood glucose is wise. In a recent study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, effective lifestyle changes were compared to a popular oral hypoglycemic. <clears throat> in preventing type 2 diabetes in patients with pre-diabetic hyperglycemia. They looked at 3,234 patients that were pre-diabetic. They were given metformin, 850 milligrams twice a day, which is a reasonable dose, and put on, or they were put on a lifestyle modification program. And this included it, the goal of 7% reduction in their weight and 150 minutes of physical activity per week or the placebo. So each group was instructed with the same dietary guidelines. After almost three years, there were 31% fewer diabetics in the medication group than the placebo group. But interestingly, there were 58% fewer diabetics in the lifestyle group than the placebo. In other words, re reducing the weight and increasing the physical activity was even more beneficial than the metformin. So lifestyle modification was significantly more effective than metformin in this study, not to mention the benefits uh, gained by weight reduction and increased physical activity. Another key factor in blood glucose, in regulating your blood glucose is stress management. Along with the pancreatic production of insulin, the adrenal glands are important 
in regulating the blood sugar. The adrenal hormone cortisol is stimulated when the body is under stress. Whether this stress comes from mental or emotional, chronic inflammation, food allergies, low blood sugar, cortisol effectively raises blood glucose levels by a process called gluconeogenesis. So it's manufacturing more glucose. This raised glucose level can exceed desired levels desire, desired levels when stress induced cortisol levels are extremely high this is called an alarm reaction chronic glycemic imbalance or other stress could then result in both reduced insulin sensitivity and eventually adrenal exhaustion studies have shown that glycemic control of diabetic with a higher measurable stress is more difficult than lower measurable stress. And additionally, techniques to reduce the stress lead to better blood sugar control among diabetic patients. An excellent way to determine adrenal stress is by measuring salivary cortisol throughout the day. In my practice, uh, we do, it's called an adrenal stress profile. And what you do is you measure the cortisol, and we'll cover this a little bit uh, more deeply in another session, but we measure throughout the saliva, uh, in the saliva throughout the day, and it gives us an idea of the level of cortisol secreting that the body secretes and the pattern of secretion of cortisol, uh, which has a lot of implications in your energy level and also your sleep level. So the first goal is to reach and maintain an optimal fasting blood glucose level. This can be done in a way that benefits other metabolic outcomes, such as improving and reducing blood pressure, reducing blood lipids and blood pressure. And then the second goal is to prevent and treat the chronic consequences and complications associated with years of poor blood sugar control. What I'm going to do is talk about a few of the agents that we use that are natural agents to lower your blood sugar. First of all, fiber. Supplemental fiber is an important aspect of blood sugar control. The addition of water-soluble fibers such as gums, pectins, and mucilage are capable of reducing the speed at which carbohydrates are absorbed and increase tissue sensitivity to insulin. This has been a benefit for both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. The use of psyllium husk powder, so this would be about 5 grams twice daily, 20 to 30 minutes before a meal, has been shown to reduce fasting and postprandial 
that is your blood sugar after the meal, as well as improving lipid profiles in type 2 diabetes when they compare this to a placebo in double-blinded studies. Adding supplemental fiber to the to the diet in the form of psyllium or a similar product can be an excellent way to keep and maintain blood sugar control. An increase in soluble dietary fiber will promote healthy bowel transit times and benefit the gut microflora as well. So essential fatty acids. The role of essential fatty acids is critical in the overall health of diabetics as well as all individuals. The decreased conversion of the essential omega-3 fatty acid linoleic acid into gamma linolenic acid, which is GLA in diabetic patients, leads to the therapeutic benefit of ingesting GLA-rich oils such as borage or evening primrose. The greatest benefit of GLA supplement is increasing nerve conduction and the improvement of skin-related disorders. Additionally, omega-3 fatty acids from flaxseed oil or fish oil should also be considered. The benefit of these oils in diabetic patients is primary, primarily their, in their relationship to the cardiovascular disease, an area which diabetics are vulnerable to the increased risk of atherosclerosis, increased cholesterol, and other lipid disorders. The EPA and the DHA found in fish oils are also necessary for the retina in particular, a tissue that is often damaged after years of poor blood sugar management. It's called diabetic retinopathy. The reduction of trans fatty acids and the increase of high quality essential fatty acids should be the goal for everyone but especially those who have or are susceptible to type 2 diabetes. While the role of diet and lifestyle is fundamental to improving the outcome for diabetics, supplemental nutrients and natural therapies can play a vital role. Tissue levels of B vitamins are significantly depleted in diabetes. A high-quality multivitamin uh, will, help, um, will help in diabetes. We'll take a break, and then I'll, when we come back, we'll continue to talk on uh, various supplements. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. 
Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. This is Dr. Bogard, and we're going to finish up on our discussion with diabetes. What I was discussing was the various um, nutrients and supplements that we can use to optimize our blood sugar and help in the treatment and prevention of diabetes. Tissue levels of B vitamins are significantly depleted in diabetics. So a good high quality multivitamin mineral product can uh, should be the basis of supplemental therapy, one with an adequate level of B vitamins, vitamin C, and magnesium. Additionally, various micronutrients and supplements will be considered. So let's talk about some of the micronutrients. Chromium. So chromium is a key constituent in the molecule known as the glucose tolerance factor. This complex facilitates the uptake of glucose into cells in conjunction with insulin. Somewhat, it's like a cofactor to insulin. A recent study compared 200 mics of chromium per, per day, 1,000 mics of chromium per day, and a placebo on the blood sugar and insulin levels of 180 men and women with type 2 diabetes. While some improvement was noted in the 200 mics per day group, the group that took 1,000 mics per day had a greater improvement in their hemoglobin A1C, their fasting glucose, insulin, and cholesterol compared to the placebo. <clears throat> Additionally, research has concluded that non-insulin Diabetic patients, type 2 diabetic patients, have a compromised chromium level when compared with healthy control groups. 
And they speculate, researchers speculate that this is one of the factors leading to insulin resistance in these patients. Vanadium. Vanadium demonstrates an insulin-like property in isolated cells and tissues and has been considered to have therapeutic potential for diabetic patients. What has been described is an insulin mimetic activity by most researchers. Regardless of the mechanism, vanadium has been used clinically to help manage glucose levels. The safety and efficacy of 100 milligrams per day has been tested and has been shown to be quite effective in lowering blood sugar. Biotin. The importance of this micronutrient produced by healthy gut microbes has often been overlooked in the management of diabetics. Biotin has a number of relevant activities, including stimulation of glucose-induced insulin secretion, enhancing insulin sensitivity, and the acceleration of breakdown of glycogen in in the liver and pancreas by enhancing an enzyme called glucokinase. Biotin supplementation has been shown in both insulin and non-insulin dependent diabetics to improve their blood sugar and insulin tolerance, as well as improving diabetic related neuropathy symptoms. Alpha lipoic acid. Alpha lipoic acid is a natural and versatile antioxidant with a number of therapeutic uses. As an antioxidant, it is, it's able to recharge vitamin C, vitamin E, glutathione, which is our liver's best detox system. Because of its threefold water-soluble, fat-soluble, and it has a something called a sulfhydryl um, group. In the case of impaired glucose metabolism and the complications associated with diabetes, the actions of lipoic acid are very helpful. Not only does the lipoic acid modulate and help control the blood sugar and the insulin sensitivity, but it also prevents and treats oxidative damage that occurs with um, hyperglycemia. One recent study compared insulin sensitivity in type 2 diabetes with one month of placebo, alpha lipoic acid at 600, 1200, or 1800 milligrams per day. They found that regardless of the dose, the treatment with alpha-lipoic acid improves insulin sensitivity by about 27% over placebo. It's capable of decreasing oxidative stress, which is the main stimulus for diabetic complications. Again, it's extremely beneficial in the treatment of diabetic neuropathy. Its mechanism of action seems to be related to its antioxidant activity, leading to improved microcirculation and improving its nerve supply. 
other nutraceuticals that have been used successfully in the treatment of diabetics includes carnitine, niacin, zinc, quercetin, inositol, and choline. <clears throat> the use of various plants and their extracts for diabetes has also been common since ancient times. In recent years, the scientific investigation of various botanical extracts has been studied and, the, and their effectiveness in lowering blood sugar and modifying insulin effects. Berberin. Berberin is an alkaloid. It's found in numerous plants used in traditional Chinese medicine, as well as the widely used herb golden seal. It is most noted as a compound with antimicrobial, antifungal, immune-enhancing properties. Berberin has insulin sensitizing activity, lowers cholesterol, as well as the LDL and triglycerides. No increase in the HDL was noted. So this is especially helpful for patients with insulin resistance and dyslipidemias like the metabolic syndrome or syndrome X. In my practice, I will put people on berberin, um, alpha-lipoic acid, chromium, and resveratrol, a combination supplement, many times, and it really helps control their blood sugar. Um, again, you get the added benefit of improving your gastrointestinal tract, lowering your lipids, and also improving your blood sugar. Gymnina sylvester, this is a woody plant that's grown in the central and southern parts of India, where it's been used almost 200 years for the treatment of diabetes. The activity is thought to reside in a group of compounds called gymnemic acids. One particular extract called GS4 this extract was shown to have many beneficial effects, including lowering blood sugar, hemoglobin A1C, and a reduction in the need for medication use. It also stimulated the number of functioning pancreatic beta cells, which could turn, which could in turn produce effective insulin. It also seems to improve absorption of glucose from the intestinal tract and thus lowering blood glucose. Bitter melon. Bitter melon is a tropical fruit that looks like a cross between a gourd and a cucumber. This fruit is eaten as a vegetable in many cultures, but it's also been used for the treatment of diabetes in some cultures. Non-insulin dependent diabetes responds to bitter melon while insulin dependent diabetes patients do not. The mechanism seems to be evidence for protection and increased number of pancreatic beta cells. 
and in some cases increased insulin releasing activity. Bitter melon also reduces oxidative stress and lowers triglycerides and cholesterol. Fenugreek is Fenugreek, um, the seeds of this Mediterranean spice has long been used in treating diabetes. The primary hypoglycemic mechanism is related to the large amount of soluble fiber found in these foods, which makes it difficult to consume. So until we can find an extract that can be isolated, the volume of consuming these seeds is really quite difficult. There are several other botanicals which have benefit in diabetics. Holy basil lowers serum blood glucose in animals and humans in both normal and diabetic patients. Milk thistle, or specifically the seed extract known as silymarin, is often used for liver-specific effects. It's shown promise in protecting oxidative damage in the pancreas. In a study with type 2 diabetes and alcoholic liver-induced cirrhosis, silymarin, 600 milligrams a day, was administered, and after four months of treatment, there was a significant decrease in fasting glucose levels, daily blood glucose levels, glycosylated hemoglobin, and a reduction in fasting insulin. As more studies are done on silymarin, it may be proven to be beneficial in the treatment of diabetes. American ginseng is able to lower postprandial blood sugar. These effects are seen in normal as well as diabetic patients. A a gram taken 40 minutes before a meal may be helpful in the regulation of blood sugar. So as you can see, there are a number of alternatives to control blood sugar. Again, I emphasize that if you don't make changes to your lifestyle and decrease your sugar, starch, and alcohol intake, and take the supplements that you're deficient in, you're only putting a Band-Aid on the situation. In my practice, I look at each system involved and try to basically show that each system contributes to the disease of other systems. So I try to figure out what systems are out of balance and help you put those back into balance. Again, the emphasis will be this morning that diabetes is a preventable disease and it's also a reversible disease. And so um, I encourage each one of you to um, to look at your own lifestyle and uh, think healthy thoughts. Good morning, and uh, this is Dr. Denise Bogart. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week for Healthy Aging. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Denise Bogart, again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon.